Hello and welcome to the Emmy Awards. I'm your host, Emmy Cardinale, and this is my podcast where I talk about what I've been watching or rewatching once a week. If this is the first episode of mine that you stumble upon and you like what you hear, please feel free to follow me wherever you listen to podcasts so you can get notified when I post a new episode. I typically upload on weekends either Saturday or Sunday, just depending on how long the episode is, how long it takes me to edit. This is a hobby. I do have a full-time job. So it's just all about the free time I get. I I try to make it work. So it just, it depends what I have going on. But this episode will be out maybe Saturday, maybe Sunday. I think Saturday probably, but there's a good chance it'll be out Sunday just because I'm recording this Friday morning. I normally record Thursday evening, but I'm recording it Friday morning. But that's still better than recording it Friday night because I can edit this immediately after work so I might be able to get it out Saturday instead of getting it out Sunday but we'll see and that that doesn't really matter um this episode is not gonna be very structured I'm gonna talk about a few shows but the main show I'm gonna talk about it's Smash I've been re-watching Smash and I want to talk about that and I'm gonna touch on some other stuff really quickly, but not a very structured episode. I don't have notes. I'm just gonna kind of ramble. But you know what? I found that that some of my favorite episodes, like the ones that I feel like I end up having smart things to say, are the ones that aren't that structured. Like the ones where I'm just kind of rambling. I I, I feel like I I end up saying kind of interesting stuff. But anyways, if you are listening to this on YouTube when it go goes live there and like. I don't know, three months at this point. I don't know. I'm taking, I'm uploading my back catalog to YouTube, but it's taking longer than I anticipated because I'm editing visuals to some of the videos and I'm not a very good video editor. Like I'm, I'm really not. I'm right now I'm working on a yellow jackets video and it just sucks. Like the, the, I'm, it, it, I'm doing my best, but I, the podcast audio thing is really my strong suit and I'm not even like that good at it, but I just feel a lot better at it than the, than the video stuff. Like I, I don't feel like I'm good at editing a video, but I'm working really hard on the Yellow Jackets one. So as soon as I upload that one, then I have to do season two. And then hopefully from there, the rest will, will be a lot faster to upload. But the Yellow Jackets ones are taking me a long time because I want to add like visuals and assets and stuff. I will say something interesting that I found through the editing process of that one is that I feel like my audios, my audio podcasts have gotten a lot better even within like that one was like seven months at this point. I don't know, like June. Yeah. So I have been doing a lot better, I think, with editing the audio because I've noticed when editing the video that I, I pause a lot. I say, um, a lot. And I just, I, I, I've been editing most of that kind of dead air out. And I do want to like disclaimer if you if you watch that video after you listen to this or whatever and i'll put a disclaimer in the description whenever whenever that episode is done but i'm not editing the audio very much i'm just taking the existing podcast audio that i had and then adding videos to adding photos and assets and stuff because i try to edit some of the audio within the 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 video platform and it like took a lot of my time like it, it messed up the audio and I don't know how to fix it and I could in theory just edit the mp3 down and then use that but I really I'm not making a new podcast episode I just wanted to add assets to the existing episode so I'm not editing the audio so that audio isn't the best ever 
But honestly, if anything, that just shows that I've improved. But I'm just trying to, to create v- like video versions of my existing episodes and not create something new. So that's kind of where I stand on that and why maybe it's not the, like as good as it could be. Just it, like it could be better and I know it could be better and I know what I could do to make it better. But I just like that wasn't my goal for it. I just want to upload these to YouTube so I can maybe t- touch a different audience or something, not really make a new product. Like, I'm just trying to improve the existing one, but I really I don't want to edit the audio because it's, this is already taking me forever. But anyways, that doesn't really matter. Thank you so much for listening. It means a lot. It really does. I'm trying very hard with this podcast, and I appreciate it. I appreciate any... Any chance that you give my my silly little hobby that I'm enjoying. So anyways, the first show that I want to touch on briefly is the Percy Jackson series because I have to talk about it every episode. I really don't have much to say. Like genuinely, I don't have a ton. Although I do want to say that I loved this past episode, episode five a god buys us cheeseburgers and it was probably one of my favorite episodes so far if not my favorite episode i have to rewatch all of them to really decide because the first episode did make me cry just because of how like nostalgic it was and like emotional it was for me to be in like encapsulated in this world that i encapsulated isn't the right word like in the world that i grew up like you know like it just it meant all it was really sentimental so like everything so it, it's just it's hard to compare i have to rewatch them all and obviously not all the episodes are out but i really loved it i didn't love episode four as much like i i liked i i i've loved every episode so far but episode four maybe because it was shorter maybe like i don't know why but compared to the first three, I didn't love episode four as much. And then episode five kind of like was even better than the first three for me, at least watching it. Like it was just, it, it it's so beautiful. I think you can really tell these are young actors and I know they have the experience. Like I'm not trying to discredit them. Like they have more acting experience than I do. Like I'm not, that's not what I'm trying to say, but I feel like when you are getting into a character the further along you get in like you can tell that they're more comfortable i even saw i don't know if disney plus put it out or or who put it out but there was a video of uh, of like the the main three the main three kids like watching the premiere and leah was even talking about how like you can tell it was my first day because i'm acting so differently like i feel like you just you ease into a character and you ease into the setting and you can just tell as it's going along how much more and I think this is too just like the writing like you don't immediately know everything about a character but they're just doing such a good job showing more and more of the characters and it it, it's just it's beautiful I loved the episode it was so good I I love the way I haven't read the books in like a couple years so I honestly don't remember everything extremely well but I really like what they're doing with Grover's character like showing how smart he is and witty he is and from my recollection he wasn't as self-assured in the books and I kind of like that of of Grover that he kind of goes toe-to-toe with Aries like not directly but he is really showing his strength like from the beginning of the way he can talk to Aries and appeal to Aries and be like divert expectations or whatever like he goes to Aries and he's like I'm a big fan 
like he's like I, I i met you once and aries is like he's like where and he's like mount olympus and he's like oh you were a protester and he's like no actually i'm a fan and he's like not of me like you're a satyr satyr's like tofu and peace like they don't like me and then grover really like went toe-to-toe with him and like talked about wars and stuff and appealed to him and like knew what to say to him it really showed his like excellent social skills and he's just great like the way he he knew what to say to appeal to aries to then when the episode ended and grover said i know who the light who's he didn't say i know who the lightning thief is did he no i think he said i know who stole the the it would be so funny if he said i know who the lightning thief is but he he said i know who stole the 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 master bolt and i was like who do you think it is like great cliffhanger last episode the cliffhanger was a bummer but and like don't let me like obviously it's fine but that one was a little bit stressful oh my god in the beginning of this episode i i again i'm just like i'm i don't have notes because this isn't like a structured recap i just want to share my initial thoughts after each episode every week but when annabeth and, and percy hugged so sweet the whole tunnel of love sequence and then the, him turning into a stat- statue all of that was so it was it was such a good episode one of my favorites i love what they're doing with all of the characters i like it a lot so far it's so good it's so good and i already went on a rant last podcast episode about how people are just approaching the adaptation aspect of it and i have nothing more to say about that but anyways moving on to the main thrust of this episode is i'm gonna be talking about smash i started re-watching smash it was originally on nbc and it aired in like 2012 yeah 2012 through 2013 and i watched it when it was airing like i watched the whole thing and my dad is actually the one who was like, I think you'd like this. It's about theater. And it's, I have to say, it's a really interesting experience watching Smash as an adult who has been more involved in theater. Like, I liked theater when I was younger, and I was obviously involved in, like, school productions. But when I was, like, 12, like, I was, like, 13 and 14, I'd only, like, I hadn't been involved in any very serious productions or, like, even, I don't know. like middle school we didn't have like tech rehearsals and shit like that it's it's a really interesting experience to like watch smash now and like understand tech more understand like the behind the scenes like it's just it's a very different experience watching smash now in a way that i really enjoyed um i even when i was in college like i i i i I worked on lighting design a little bit i took a lighting design class i've like i I was in a play i did tech like I, i I just I've experienced theater and obviously I've never done professional theater I've never been on Broadway I'm like I I've only been involved in like school productions but when I watched Smash originally I'd never been involved in like any production really except like child stuff which like again we didn't do tech it was very it what it wasn't the same so it's a very different experience I feel like now watching it as an adult and everything i think it's funny too because i feel like my my perception of the characters has really changed watching it as an adult not entirely i still like karen funny that her name is karen but i honestly i i forgot like the majority i remembered the general i I finished season one and i'm like a couple episodes into season two 
So I'm like not very far along in season two. Maybe I'll talk about season two next week more in depth because I really don't, I really don't remember. Like I, I remember like I was watching the show. I was rewatching season one and I was like, who gets Marilyn again? Because I know that somebody gets Marilyn, but then it changes. So I was like, does Karen get cast originally? Like, I, I didn't remember. Then, obviously, as it started happening, I was like, okay, I, I remember now. But I genuinely, I, I forgot, like, 90% of it. So it was really interesting to watch again. And if you like theater and you've never seen Smash, it's available for free on... I watched it on Roku. I don't know if it's available on something else. But I watched it on Roku with ads. And it's just, it's free on there. So you don't have to have any streaming platform. You can just go on Roku, like, on your computer and so if you want to watch smash it's like easily accessible which i think is great so many shows nowadays you have to have some streaming platform or other that it's so hard to just watch anything and something goes on netflix i used to always wonder why something going on netflix not wonder but i i always thought it was so interesting and something would go on netflix and then it would blow up but the truth is it's just like with all of these more now more than ever with all the streaming platforms it's so oversaturated that it's like not everybody has every single one. Like, why are you going to have Peacock, Paramount Plus, Hulu, HBO Max, Disney Plus? Like, there are a million fucking streaming platforms out. And there are probably Amazon Prime. I don't know. There's like a million. So when something is on Netflix, Netflix, I think, is the one that most people have. So I understand why things blow up on Netflix so much more. Because it's like, unless you really want to watch a show, you're not going to get... Like, I got Paramount... or originally i got showtime but then showtime shut down so now i have paramount plus plus showtime which worked out for me because then i started watching live feeds over the summer because i got showtime originally in like may of 2023 to watch yellow jackets specifically like i didn't care about anything else on showtime and then i started watching the l word which is on showtime which i really like and i like still haven't finished the l word i should finish the l word but yeah, so like people aren't going to get a million streaming platforms to watch like every single show. So I really appreciate when shows are like free. So I wanted I wanted to say that because it's not something that you need to like, oh, if you have Peacock or something like you can you can watch it just on the internet basically which i think is great like i love when there are movies on youtube like free with ads like it's great why does everything have to be subscription based nowadays it's a lot it's a lot not everybody like you can't i can't at least afford every single streaming platform and i like i don't pay for netflix my parents do but i pay for like the majority of the streaming platforms i use or like my sister will have one and then we share it's nice when you don't have to pay something again okay like the times are tough and the ads are annoying but it's like it's fine like i watch youtube videos a lot and there are ads on that i'm not that upset with youtube i have to say though i hate the roku ads like they're so annoying why is every other ad a mr beast ad okay like leave me alone mr beast but um anyways that's neither here nor there smash so season one if you've never seen smash it is about like a composer like musical writers <laughs> it's about like a composer and somebody who writes the book i don't know what their official just like people who write musicals and they decide to write one about Marilyn Monroe. And so it's about them like developing this musical. They're like working on a workshop, all of that. And the main, like the first few episodes of season one are kind of deciding who gets cast as Marilyn. It's a big thing. 
you follow kind of like two main women who are are competing for Marilyn. There's Ivy, who's like been at this for like a, a hot minute. You know, she's been in the chorus. She's on the chorus of a production that is currently running of the team that is run, run, writing the Marilyn musical. So she like knows them. So she like, it's between her and she kind of, it, it's an interesting way it unfolds because they're not like, we're gonna write a musical. They like write one song and then Ivy sings it. And then like one of their assistants like posts it on the internet unknowingly, which by the way, I hate that guy. The assistant is such a like asshole, but that comes more into play towards the end of season one and the beginning of season two. But anyways, he actually, I guess maybe halfway through the season, but anyways, season one, honestly, I'm more excited for season two, but I wanted to watch season one first just because I hadn't seen like, I really don't remember it very well. And I wanted that introduction to the characters. Although like the season two storylines, a good amount of them are not really connected to the Marilyn musical at all. At least the beginning. I don't know if the Marilyn musical disappears at some point. I don't, I, like, I don't remember. I know that they're like, it's not the main, there's like more than one play that you're following and kind of the characters are more like all over the place where season one it's really like insulated into like all the characters are involved in the Maryland musical or connected to somebody involved in the Maryland musical like Karen's fiance is there but Karen is the other girl who's like going out for Maryland well I mean a bunch of girls do but they're like the the final two and they do, they do callbacks and then eventually Ivy gets the part and the director really liked Karen she's really talented but I think it, it just came down to Ivy had more experience kind of at the beginning and then Ivy sleeping with the director which is like a whole other layer too which is so interesting because I feel like when I watched the show originally I was like that's not good I don't feel like I fully understood why it wasn't that good I was like 13 14 but I was like he shouldn't be sleeping with her why like that's not that's not good and obviously like like i don't know it's it, they they kind of talk about it in season two i mean in season one there's like karen is like he sexually harassed me because he does kind of like come on to her and then he sleeps with ivy and it's like a whole like he's just kind of a womanizer but that's kind of come up in season two where it like a news story broke that he like sexually harasses somebody and so he goes up to a dancer who's accusing him and he's like, we never, like, I never even touched you. And she's like, that's not the point. Like, you asked me out in every single, like, audition that I had. And he's like, since when is asking somebody out harassment? And she was like, you don't understand, do you? Like, do you think all these women go out with you or date you or sleep with you because they like you? Like, it's, it's not that simple. You have something you have the power and you're using it poorly. And I like that they like said that blatantly because I think the director is an interesting character in that I hate him. Like I hate him, but I also, there are aspects, like it, it's weird because I really don't like him. Like I don't like him. He's like a sexual harasser. He's an asshole of a director. I don't like him. And yet there are moments where it feels like they're trying to make him sympathetic. And I just I don't know. Like, I don't know. Season two was so good so far that I'm excited more so to talk about season two. But I I really, I, I haven't watched most of it. So I can't remember the main plot of season two. But season one's really good. I think, again, if you're interested in Broadway and musicals and that kind of stuff, I feel like 
you probably have seen Smash. But if you haven't, it's free and you should check it out. Like, it's really interesting. I think Marilyn Monroe is an evergreen subject. Subject feels mean, but, like, she she is a person who I feel like will be talked about and covered for a very long time. And I think even in recent history, like, that movie Blonde was a big thing. And the way that they didn't maybe really... It was kind of a fictional portrayal of this real person it was based off of a book which isn't autobiographical at all it like uses and I, I just think it's really interesting to think about and again I feel like season two they're talking about it too because the Maryland musical continues but I just I think it's a really interesting show about Broadway if you're interested in that it's a musical show so there are like original songs that they're singing for this musical but they also sometimes will break out into there are like musical numbers where they're singing not the original songs like they're singing covers or something and i have to say i don't know if i love that like they're already singing and they're singing new songs i don't know if they need to add the occasional pop song to imply some kind of sad moment or something or some kind of introspective moment i don't know if i love that aspect of it if i'm being honest i prefer when they stick to singing the songs that pertain to the musical but then also obviously apply to their lives like i i, I don't know but it's a it's a really good show i was always i was rooting for karen more so but i think i just saw myself more in karen because i feel like even when i was involved in theater as a kid and again it's it's funny because i watched this when i was like 13 so what did i know but I feel like I always saw myself as kind of like the outsider who doesn't really... I moved a lot as a kid, so I was never really in one place long enough to like do anything. But I, I did go to a theater camp and for like one summer, and I was like one of the oldest kids there. I was like 12 maybe. Maybe it was around this time or maybe a little bit after or before. I don't really remember. But it was around this time in my life, and I went to a theater camp, and... It was from ages like 7 to 12 or something. And I was like one of the oldest ones. Maybe I was like 11. I don't remember. And but all the kids there and any the kids even like within a couple of years of me had been going from the beginning. So it was even that where I, I feel like most of the things, which is funny to think about now because I'm like, you were a little literal child. Like nobody had been around that long. I mean, calm down. But when you're young, when you're young it feels like if you haven't been there from like it's weird it's weird joining a group where people have been there since they were like younger than you and you feel like you're just joining anyways i always i always saw myself more in karen i don't know i i can't i can't explain it i always just saw myself more in karen and so I was rooting for her and I really didn't remember whether she got Marilyn. I, I think it's it's really interesting that like they bring like some actress gets the part. So basically season one, it, it goes through multiple like phases. First you see the casting and then it's like, who's gonna be Marilyn? And then Ivy gets the part and then Karen's still there working like ensemble. And then she slowly warms up to the other people in the ensemble and starts making friends and kind of becomes part of the group even though ivy still doesn't really like her very much and then there there's kind of like they put on like a workshop in a first pre it's not really a preview it's like they put on a workshop and they get feedback and after the feedback they decide that they want to change the casting so they're like we're going to 
cast a movie star. I think it has something to do with funding too. They're like losing funding. And so they're like, we, I say this as if I didn't watch the show a couple days ago, but I have to say, I watched it all in like, I watched all of season one in like two days and I stayed up until like 5am one day watching it because I didn't want to go to bed. So I honestly was not the most cognizant. I was like half asleep watching it, but I was like, I can't go to bed. I need to find out what happens next. Even though I've already seen the show and it aired like 10 years ago, more than that, 11 years ago at this point, 12 years ago for season one. So crazy so like once they're cast and they do the workshop then they decide we're gonna go with some actress not i think it has something to do with funding something to do with just the reviews weren't the best so they decide that to get a bigger name on it would maybe make it more generally appealing like they just they decide to pivot because they think it's gonna be the best thing for them so they do and then there's that whole storyline where there's like an actress that they bring in and she can't really sing and there's like growing pains that way and then karen is the understudy because ivy's kind of been axed from the show because when she finds out that she's not going to be maryland why do i keep saying maryland maryland when she finds out she's not going to be maryland she she goes back to work on heaven on earth which is the production put on by the musical team that is writing Marilyn and it's called bombshell but I don't know if it's called bombshell at this point I think it is but anyways so she goes back to that show which is how she knew them originally and she has started doing drugs but like she like right before the workshop preview thing her voice was like breaking on her and so a doctor gave her steroids and she really didn't want to take them. But then Derek, the director, who's kind of an asshole and like the worst, the sexual harasser guy, he, him, he was like, you should just take them. It's fine. So she started taking them. And honestly, she was kind of smart at the beginning for being like, I, I don't want to take these because she like starts abusing them. And so when she's back on heaven on earth, she's kind of feeling lost. The first introduction we really get to Ivy in the beginning is that she's really unhappy being on heaven on earth. She's been doing it for a while and she like doesn't like being in the chorus. Like she is auditioning for things and getting nowhere. Karen, on the other hand, is auditioning for things and getting nowhere, but she has no experience. She's a waitress. She's from Iowa. She's not in any, like she she's not at the same place as Ivy, but they're both kind of in the same place emotionally where they really want their big break. Just different phases in their career, I guess, you know? And so Ivy goes back to heaven on earth, which we knew from the beginning. She was not happy to be there. She was getting to a point where she was like no longer happy to be there. And so she's back there. She's devastated over Marilyn. She gets, like, she's doing drugs. She's, I, I don't even know what she's on, but she's on some kind of, she's high on some kind of, like, prescription drug. And she, like, makes a mess of herself on stage. She, like, tumbles over. She's, like, doing a horrible job. And then she leaves. Karen's, like, there at the theater that day because she's going to return sunglasses because Ivy and her ran into each other and bumped into each other and accidentally switched glasses. So she was going back to... She was going to have an honor to return Ivy's sunglasses. So she's there, and Ivy, like, leaves in a disaster, and Karen goes there, and they ended up being, like, mostly okay. But... And, like, I don't know. Karen and, and Ivy have a very interesting relationship because Ivy's not very nice to her, and... 
Karen, I think this is another reason I always liked Karen because like I understand where now that I'm a little bit older, I understand where Ivy's coming from because I've never been in that exact position, but I understand when you're like from a place of seniority maybe or you've been there longer, it does feel kind of like you don't even know what you're talking about. Like I've been doing this so much longer than you have. And I haven't even, like, it, it's genuinely not even the same thing. But I think back when I was in college and I was a senior, I'd be like, you guys don't understand. I've lived so much more life than you to, like, the freshman. Not, like, I would not verbatim say that. But I would feel that way sometimes. So, it, like, I understand Ivy's perspective. But I don't understand why she's then mean to Karen about it. Like, she she's mean to Karen. And it's like, Karen didn't even get the part. Like, you're just jealous. Like, you're mad because another girl who didn't get the part was auditioning with you. Like if I was like applying for a job and I found out that another person was applying for a job and I really needed this job, really wanted this job. And then somebody else got it. I wouldn't be mean to them because they got it. They didn't make the decision. They had nothing to do with it. Or like not, or like if I got the job, no, but that's not even what happened. Like if I got the job and then that person didn't, why would I even be mean to them? I still won. I still got the job. Like, okay, we went through the process together. Like, it's not handed to you on a silver platter. All that says to me is you earned it. I would be like, why are you being mean to Karen? Like, what, she's a reminder to you? And I get it. The director is an asshole throughout the whole thing. So she she's probably in her head thinking she wasn't that good. She only got it because she knew the writing team and they liked her and they were pushing for her. Like she probably has some kind of complex. And I know her mother is an asshole. So she's probably thinking to herself, like, I didn't really earn it or whatever. Or like I slept with a director. I don't know what she's thinking, but she's taking her anger out on the wrong person. Like, I guess Karen is a reminder to her that she didn't instantly get the part, but it's like, you still earned it. You still got the part. So like, I don't know why she's mean to Karen. It just feels unnecessary. But Karen is always kind of nicer to her from the beginning, you know? And again, why I was more team Karen. No hate to Ivy though. I love the name Ivy. My cat's named Ivy, which is funny now. Um, Not named after this character, but I do love the name Ivy. And it's just, their dynamic is really interesting. But anyways, after that kind of, phase of the musical of the of the season one ends with ivy no longer being involved in the production karen is the understudy because ivy is not there right so they need an understudy for rebecca duval who is now playing marilyn because she doesn't show up the first day she's in cuba and so she doesn't show up the first day back and ivy's not there so derek is like karen you're gonna be the understudy and so that's the whole thing. And then Rebecca, that, that assistant who I was talking about earlier, who, who is like a terror, he poisons Rebecca Duval, thinking, well, Ivy will, will be the one who will go on because Ivy knows everything. Like Karen is technically the understudy, but they don't rehearse understudies until like after previews. Like she, she didn't really, she was studying it the whole time because Derek has kind of... When when Karen, that first week or few days that she like is Marilyn when they're back from the workshop thing and Ivy's gone, Derek kind of starts seeing his vision of of Karen as Marilyn much clearer, and he is kind of leaning towards Karen. Like he's like, you never know what can happen. He kind of is always telling her know the part because you never know what could happen so even though she hasn't rehearsed she hasn't blocked anything she's been trying to learn the part as well as she can but this this guy is named his name is ellis he is 
convinced, he's convinced that Ivy would be the obvious replacement because she knew the part. She rehearsed it, blocked it. She did the whole thing. Karen knows it because she's been studying it on her own, but she wasn't. There's a difference between like knowing the lines and knowing the songs and actually having been there when you block the whole thing and because they're in previews like she she didn't do any of that because they don't have time to block the understudy because they haven't even gone to previews the understudy kind of is a thing that happens like later when you're already doing the show where the understudy's there just in case you know it's it's anyways so ivy eventually comes back because Derek gets her back they're like we need as much backup as we can like Rebecca Duvall can't really sing. It's like a whole thing. So Ivy eventually comes back. She's like back into the fold. And now it's interesting because Karen has has a bit more power, I guess. Not really because she's the understudy. But Ivy's kind of like, I, I don't know. Their, their relationship I like better when Ivy is not like from this position of power because she's so mean to Karen when there's no reason to be. And when they're both kind of like, united in the fact that Rebecca Duvall is screwing them over from the part that they care more about and are more qualified to do they're, they're they bond more so I like that phase of Ivy and, and Karen's relationship but anyways eventually they go to Boston to do like the, the the out of show the out of town previews which I saw quite a few shows like that in DC when I lived in DC I saw Mean Girls actually funny topical anecdote because the Mean Girls musical movie comes out today I think that I'm recording this and although people I don't know I, I, people have watched it already because of pre-screenings or stuff like I don't know I've already seen reviews and stuff but I think the release date is January 12th so today is the day it's officially in theaters but I saw Mean Girls the musical when it was like out of town previews and it changed like it changed there there was a song I don't even remember what it was called now but they they changed a few songs I remember from the the off-broadway preview I saw If Then when it was in DC in the previews and that changed a great deal I saw it on Broadway as well and it changed a great deal If Then in the DC version if you don't know about what If Then is If Then is like a a musical where like the main premise is that there are two parallel storylines going on and it's what would have happened if the main character made different choices choices and you see two versions of her Liz and Beth her name is Elizabeth duh and when I was watching the first when I was watching it in DC they didn't do a great job of like delineating when it's Beth Beth and when it's Liz like I really couldn't tell I really couldn't tell oh now it's Liz now it's Beth it was very unclear to me they did a much better job they gave her like glasses and one the lighting changed they did a better job it was harder to delineate in the DC musical um the DC version so like I I'm familiar with a out of town preview so they did that for bombshell with Rebecca Duvall and then she's like out sick one day because she's poisoned but they're, they're in Boston, and then the main, like, the the final episode, it opens with, like, you don't know who Marilyn is going to be. And then very early on into the episode, you find out that Karen is the one the, the director chose. So that's still kind of up in the air because then, meanwhile, Karen and her fiancé are having, like, all this drama around the show and everything. And so he comes to Boston, he proposes, and she's like, I'm in tech. 
He's like, will you marry me? And she just says, I'm in tech. And so they get into a bit of an argument. He admits that he like kissed one of his coworkers. She's mad. They kind of have a fight. And then he goes to a bar. He meets Ivy and they sleep together. So Karen has gotten the part now. Fast forward back. That was a a little stuff you needed to know before I get into the, the finale of season one. So going into the finale, Ivy and Dev... Karen's boyfriend have slept together and then Karen gets the part and Ivy is obviously really angry so she kind of tries to at first she's not going to say anything but when Karen gets the part she's really angry so she kind of she says something to Karen she's like she Karen's been looking for Dev Dev posed and said that he went back to New York and he left the ring there because when they meet up the next day and Karen's like I do want to marry you like they make up she's like I'm sorry about that and they make up and Karen is kind of like he's my fiance now and Dev can't find the ring he's like Ivy is it in your room and she's like no meanwhile she has the ring so she in an attempt to like throw Karen off her game leaves the ring on Karen's like vanity station at, in the dressing room. Karen comes back, she sees it. She's like and meanwhile at the same time, there are, most of the creative team besides Derek is blindsided by the decision to make Karen Marilyn because they're like Ivy knows the part and we have to go on like tonight. So meanwhile Karen is like really overwhelmed. She's trying to figure out a part all in one day. Everybody besides Derek is like why is she Marilyn not to her face but she overhears and she's like really psyched out so she's already in a bad mental place she goes she sees the ring she's like who left this here and then Ivy's like I don't want to tell you blah 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 and she kind of is like he left it when he was in my room then Karen confronts Dev he doesn't really deny it and he's like I thought we were over so Karen is a wreck right Karen disappears and this is like Ivy's time to shine. She gets dressed up as Marilyn. Meanwhile, Derek really wants to find Karen because he doesn't want Ivy to be Marilyn, which honestly, I have to say, like, girl, you deserve better. Oh, also while this is happening, right before Ivy sleeps with Dev, she's been seeing Derek, like they've been together. And he like offhandedly during tech says like, this is why I love you. And she's like, oh my God, he loves me. And then the same day, he, like, sleeps with Rebecca Duvall. This is pre-poisoning. So she's still she's still up and at him. And so Ivy's a wreck, too. So, you know, they're, they're both in bad places. She sleeps with Dev because she's mad at Derek and also just upset. She's also probably on drugs still. And no, no judgment. I'm not trying to judge her. I, I just, you know... Abusing drugs is not a good thing, but I'm not trying to judge it like morally of like, oh, she's on drugs. Like, that's not the point. Okay, I'm not trying to like judge her morals because she's been abusing drugs. I just think it impacts your moral, like, it, it impacts your decision making. I feel like that's an obvious, non judgmental, factual statement that is part of the reason you shouldn't abuse drugs because it makes you, yeah, like, anyways, anyways, anyways. I'm just like, I'm not trying to, like, judge anybody. Um, She's a fictional character, but still, I just, like, whatever. So everybody's kind of unwell, except Derek, who's just the worst. And Derek really, really wants it to be Karen. He's, like, he sees Marilyn. He sees Karen as Marilyn in his head. I don't even know, okay? That, he's just, he wants it to be Karen. And on that aspect, like, it's hard because I really don't like Derek. Like, he is... uh, 
a horrible, misogynistic, gross man. But I do like the fact that he believes in Karen. But then at the same time, it's like, why does he believe in Karen so much from the beginning? Like, is it because he sees her as a sexual object? Derek is a very confusing character to me because I don't like him. But I find him interesting and important to the plot, I guess. I have very confusing feelings about Derek because I hate him but at the same time I think he's an important character and he's an important part of the show if that makes sense like I I, and I think honestly about like a musical a show about a musical about Marilyn Monroe the whole like sexual objectification of women and this man having the power and like abusing it in, in this way I think is very important and like not important because I'm not saying like this is a good thing to show, but I, I I think it makes sense, I guess, with the themes of Marilyn's life, if that makes any sense. I don't know. I'm not trying to excuse Derek. I don't like him. But anyways, moving on. So he really wants it to be Karen and he eventually, he, he, he gets his wish. He like finds her, he convinces her, and just as Ivy is in her little Marilyn costume ready to, to block the scenes, Karen comes out. And Ivy's, Ivy's dreams are squashed. So then Karen goes on as Marilyn in the, in the final episode, in the previews. They're still in Boston. And Ivy's a mess. And we see her in the dressing room, like, holding a bunch of pills. Is she about to take them? I don't know. The season ends. And that feels kind of like a cliffhanger. But then season two opens and they're coming back from the previews in Boston. They did a few weeks there and Ivy's fine. Like every everybody's fine, but it's kind of the beginning of season two is really interesting. I really like season two, but season one, which I guess is really what I'm talking about because I haven't watched enough of season two to really dive into it. Season one, smash. I do recommend it. I think season two, in my opinion, is better, but season one, it's 15 episodes. They're 42 minutes. Like it's not the most daunting thing to consume it's not that heavy of a show like it's serious it's not like a comedy but it's also not like a very like the subject material not that I mean I don't know like I guess it depends what your day-to-day life is like I'm not in show business I'm not in Broadway so it's not something that is like genuinely triggering or really like I don't know it's just it's an interesting show I don't know how accurate it is to like actual Broadway productions, but like some aspects of like tech and like rehearsals and that kind of stuff. It was, I don't know, the whole tech rehearsals. I'm like, I I feel like I hadn't really experienced that until college where I was like in a play and we were just sitting there for like hours while they were trying to adjust to light. Like it's just a very, very different experience. Um, that's an exaggeration, obviously. We weren't sitting in the same place for them trying to adjust to light, but it's like a, a, a different experience, I guess, that I that I hadn't experienced and like when I first watched the show that it's now nice to watch I don't know if you like musical shows where they sing obviously I recommend it and if you like Broadway in general I recommend it because there are a lot of cameos from like Broadway actors season two has like Jeremy Jordan I know Lynn Manuel Miranda makes an appearance in season two because my sister sent me a message being like oh my god Lynn's here but it's just it's very broadway if you like broadway i recommend it it's obviously from 2012 so it's not like although i have to say besides the like the main thing that feels kind of like i don't really know if they would do this the same way now is the whole Derek sexual harassment storyline 
and just his character in general because I feel like Derek and this is why I feel conflicted about him I don't think he's meant to be just a one-dimensional creep like gross guy of a character and I just don't think they would do they would write his character the same way now because the way he talks about Karen in the beginning and the way he treats Ivy and the way he treats everybody is like disgusting but then at the same time you see Derek and his like creative vision and and you get insight into like like i don't know Derek is just such a gross confusing character i don't think that his portrayal aged well because not that i don't think it's important like i i just i think it kind of misses the mark when you're dehumanizing like a where where you're humanizing not that you should dehumanize but why are you making a character who is so gross why are you trying to make him sympathetic you know Maybe they weren't trying to, but I, f- I feel like they were. Like, why? I, d- I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't think his character aged very well. But all in all, it's not a show that feels very, like, dated or offensive to its time. Like, it did. I don't feel that way so far. Season two, I'm really excited about. Like, I, I think it's a very good show if you're into Broadway and musicals, all that kind of stuff, as I've said. Honestly, even if you're not that into Broadway, but you like musicals in general and, like, obviously if you don't like watching things where people break out into song don't watch smash that feels pretty straightforward but i just have to say that don't watch smash if you're not like gung-ho for people singing while you're watching a show like don't watch smash but if, if you like that kind of thing it's a really interesting show the characters are interesting there's so many characters obviously i mostly talked about karen and ivy and like derek but then the composer and and the writer are like really important characters too julia houston is like the writer and then there's tom so julia and tom obviously you see them julia has a whole storyline where she cheats on her husband which is a whole thing which that storyline for some reason i remembered so vividly so vividly i remembered it so it's not just like Karen, like you, you see the the producer has a very important storyline where like she's funding and, and producing the entire thing and she's freshly divorced. So it kind of like, they all have different things they want to prove with the musical and, and the role, I guess, except Derek. Derek doesn't feel like he has anything to prove. He feels like a cocky asshole who's like, well, I'm the best. Like, I don't, I, again, I, Derek is such a confusing character to me. I feel like I don't understand his motivations. I don't understand what drives him because, and maybe this is just me coming from a place of like, I never really, if a man is creepy and like misogynistic, I never take a moment to be like, where is that coming from? Because I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't get that that is the role for somebody else maybe his therapist I don't really know that that, it doesn't matter to me because at the end of the day his behavior is not okay I don't care about his motivation but when I'm watching a tv show something I really enjoy figuring out and analyzing is a character's motivation what drives them you know maybe this is coming from like my background my brief background I took like two acting classes in college and I'm like my brief back no but like I learned in my acting classes about like what drives a character you know and I just I don't understand what drives men to be that gross except the fact that they've always been able to like it feels like he he he's this way because nobody's ever told him that it was wrong and I like that about season two that from the beginning he's kind of confronted with like what you're doing is not okay and the one thing I will give Derek credit for is that he he seems sympathetic but I, I think that's what bothers me about Derek because it's like he's like 
can you not hit on women if you have something they want and it's like are you that are you that stupid like you have all this i'm really supposed to believe that this like hotshot director has all this power and doesn't realize that he that that he's wielding this power inappropriately like i'm supposed to believe that i don't i don't like Derek. i don't like him not even just as like a character like i i don't like him i don't like the way he was written i think his character aged poorly but anyways my point is you don't just see Derek. you see the writing team you see the producers you see all of the actors you see the background people like it's a very interesting very interesting show i really recommend it especially if you're interested in broadway but even if you're not like if you're just looking for a new show that you haven't seen or if you've seen smash and you don't remember it very clearly like me i recommend re-watching it i think it aged very well the music is still great I, i've i've still been listening to the music even though i haven't properly re-watched the show in like years i have i've always listened to the music i like i still listen to the songs the music's great the writing's interesting most of the characters are great Derek, I, it's just like, I hate him. But, and again, it's like, I hate him as a person, but I also hate him as a character because I don't understand him. I don't understand his motivations. I don't, like, it, he doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. He, he, he doesn't click in my brain. I don't understand him. So, but you see everybody. You see the writers, you see their, like, you see, you see Julia's whole home life, not just with her affair, but with her um, son, her husband, the whole dynamic of like, she promised she wouldn't go back to working on a musical and originally she hadn't intended to. Like, there's so many different levels. Tom, you see Tom go through like relationships. First, he's dating some Republican and then he starts liking one of the dancers. You see just like, they all have storylines and like characters. I've really not even touched the surface of it, but I'm also just like rambling. This isn't meant to be. Like, I, I honestly, I also paused a lot more than I wanted to and I'm like, coming up on an hour and i also have to go to work in like a, a little bit and i, I want to eat something before work but anyways there's a lot more to say about smash and i will probably talk about it more next episode when i talk about season two sorry if this episode's shorter than normal um it is what it is you know i got an episode out i recorded it i'm kind of all over the place i almost didn't record an episode this week but i was like let me talk about smash so that's what i did that's what I did. I'm not, I'm trying not to skip weeks, even if it's not the best thing. I just feel like the more I do it, you know, building mastery, if you will. That's, that's my goal for this year in this podcast. That and having fun. So I also spent like three hours yesterday editing my Yellow Jackets video. So I'm just like, you know, sometimes your little podcast did out. That made no sense. But anyways, thank you so much for listening. It means a lot. And if you like this episode and if you like Smash and you want to hear my thoughts on season two, please follow me wherever you listen to podcasts so you can hear that next week. Next week, I'm also going to talk about The Traders. The first few episodes of The Traders come out in a few hours from when I'm recording this, but they'll already be out when this episode goes live because it'll go live either Saturday the 13th or, Friday, or Sunday the the. Ugh. This episode will either go live Saturday the 13th or Sunday the 14th. So the first few episodes of The Traders will, will already be out, but when I'm recording this, they're not out. So next week, I'll talk about the first few episodes of The Traders because I'm sure I'll have a lot to say. And I'm, I'm, I will be covering The Traders going forward. I'm going to wrap up my thoughts on Smash Season 2 because I do think I'll finish Season 2 by next week. I will wrap up my thoughts on Smash Season 2. And maybe I'll come with some more notes about Season 1 if there's just stuff I didn't talk about because I was just rambling and it wasn't very structured. But next week, I'll talk about Smash Season 2. I'll talk about the beginning of Season 2 of The Traders and anything else that I have to say. Maybe if I have something to say about the next episode of Percy Jackson, I'll talk about that as well. And 
then in a few weeks I will have a deep dive on season one of the Percy Jackson series and maybe I'll do a deep dive on the traders or maybe I'll just I I don't know if I'm going to do a deep dive on the traders I'll just cover it like every week and there'll be chapters in the description so if you don't care about the traders next week you can just skip to smash or vice versa that's always at your fingertips thank you so much for listening again and you will hear from me next weekend bye guys